sunlit world of what he believes to be reality. But there is, unseen by most, an underworld, a place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A dark side. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Talks from the Dark Side, uh, the show where we go through the entirety of the classic anthology series Tales from the Dark Side from the 80s. I'm here myself, Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Harumph McGraw. And I'm Chris Barr. And today we have the official second episode, which is I'll Give You a Million, uh, with the original air date of October 7th, 1984, uh, directed by John Harrison, fellas. John Harrison is the composer of Creepshow. We've talked about him uh, over the past couple episodes, if you've been tuning in and listening. Um, we go way in-depth in that first episode. Again, we're only three episodes in on this, so uh, make sure you make sure you get caught up. We got Trick or Treat, that first one. We got The New Man, the second one, and, and this, this is the third one, of course. Uh, but John Harrison was uh, the composer for Creepshow, and a lot of the... Um, music for the Tales from the Dark Side series. Um, and again, I think we even discussed it uh, on that first episode too, that he directed a lot of the episodes, and I believe this is the first one that he directs. Yeah, this is his first uh, directing role, and uh, you can definitely tell it's John Harrison just by the music in this episode. Oh, yeah. Because the soundtrack here is like one of the best ones. Yeah, the wee-wee-wee. Yeah. You definitely hear some creep show Day of the Dead in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was distracted by all the the kerfuffle that these two old men were making the entire time. It's easy to get lost in the kerfuffle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sean, you want to do the honors on this one? Plot crunch? Uh, yeah. So two white uh, asshole old men, you know, rich <laughs> bastards. Uh, basically, these like uh, Marley and uh, Jacob or, you know, the two uh, old men from the Muppets. Statler and Waldorf, yeah. Yeah. That's really the best way to describe these guys. Oh, my God. They they look like them, too. They kind of <laughs> yeah. do, right? <laughs> um, they basically are kind of always competing with money because uh, they're rich as fuck. And uh, they come down to this agreement that one of them is going to buy the other's soul. And then there are consequences due to that. Yeah, he'll give them a million TM for that yeah and then he'll want two more so we get introduced to these uh these two old uh rich motherfuckers and we're talking when i excuse me not rich wealthy motherfuckers <laughs> yeah, yeah these guys are ritzy okay this is like baby's day out all over again but old people we are talking like they just leisurely play pool with each other and bet like thousands of dollars per shot kind of shit also the opening shot of the episode they're sipping cognac in the back of a limo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just right off the bat. That's the first shot. Straight up. Uh, yeah, we're introduced to uh, Duncan Williams and Jack Blaine. Uh, Duncan's played by Keenan Wynn. Uh, the, I know him as the Winter Warlock. Oh, my God. Put one foot in front <laughs> of the other. <laughs> From Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Oh, yeah. With our friend Mickey Rooney, yes. black and blue on the floor somewhere. Funny funny thing about that, Keenan Wynn is also in Orca that we covered. He plays the wow. guy who gets eaten <laughs> off the fucking uh, oh my God. side it's all of the boat. Together. Yeah. 
And Mickey Rooney, of course, was in that Silent Night, Daily Night 5 episode, so go go check those out. Yeah, like I said, black and blue on the floor. Oh, yeah, right, right in the regular movie dumpster feed, you'll find them there. But, uh, but yeah, and then George uh, Petrie is playing Jack Blaine. I don't really know what else he's in i saw that he was in plane trains and automobiles and he was like a big uh radio actor and you know he's like a classic actor um nothing that i've seen or notable to me personally and they're both in dallas going through the imdbs of these guys it's like yeah they both were in dallas oh there you go it's a stress these guys are plantation owners (laughs) (laughs) you know what it's actually like never you never find out what they actually do they just have money that's it. <laughs> money, money, yeah. Old money, new money, all kinds of money. They probably have fucking roots in the plantation business, if you know what I'm saying. Probably. It's probably their wealth probably comes from is those fucking ancestors. Yeah, most of the people in fucking America's wealth comes from that old money, and that's what we're talking about. So, yeah, these two rich motherfuckers are in their limousine <laughs> sipping that cognac, and they're talking about, you know, uh, Jack proposes... Um, this new business venture that that he wants to do and duncan keenan Wynn is like he's like oh what what, what? you little, little homicide a little sex drugs and rock and roll or whatever or what doesn't he ask him straight up he's like have you ever killed anyone and he's like uh i think they both have killed people pedestrian my dear boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah what about your ex-partner and the guy just kind of looks away. Right. And he mentions it. He Duncan mentions it to him a few times throughout. And the guy always like just stares into the fucking distance like a deer in headlights. Yeah. You have a hard time telling like who's the worst out of the two of these guys. Yes. Which I kind of love. He refers to them as two scorpions in a jar, which I kind of love. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yeah, so 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 Duncan's like, no, I don't want to do that that proposition. But I have a proposition for you. So why don't you come over Friday night where we drink cognac and play pool for a thousand dollars a shot or whatever, and uh, and I'll tell it to you because it's a surprise, and uh, and he does. Yeah, Blaine's like, I don't like surprises, but all right, I'll be there. And they he, they they're sitting there playing pool, fucking wearing tuxedos. They got the music playing. They're dressed like the Monopoly guy in their downtime. And again, like we're playing, like just to give you an idea of how, like again, when we say wealthy, like these guys are playing just like nonchalantly, like oh, uh, three thousand, you don't make that shot. And of course, uh, Duncan makes it, and he just fucking Jack just like pulls out three grand and throws it on a fucking gold platter that's there that's sitting next to the fucking pool table. And this happens like three, four more times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, double or nothing on the next one. It's like, ah shit. So Duncan finally reveals his his uh game that he's playing at and he's like he's like, "Okay, Jack, uh how about I give you a million dollars for your eternal soul?" And Jack's like, "What the fuck are you on about?" <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're going to give me a million dollars for a soul? Like a soul? That shit's, that's some bullshit. I haven't thought about a soul since Sunday school. And Duncan's like, oh, you know, I'm talking about a million bucks and you're talking about fucking Sunday school. Listen, if you don't, if it doesn't mean anything to you and a soul doesn't exist, I'm, uh, let's do it. Let me buy it from you. I got a buyer. His name's Sung. You beat me that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was saving it. <laughs> Glad we're on the same page. Uh, so yeah, then, uh, Blaine is like, well, you know, I've always been an atheist. I, that stuff's just bullshit. Uh, yeah, I'm not afraid to do it. Yeah, then he says something about, uh, oh, this wouldn't be the first time that you've made a uh, dispute on fake property. What was it? Right. <laughs> like, how could you make these guys any scummier up? There you go. Yeah, he says this wouldn't be the first time you made a profit on non-existent properties. That's it, yeah. Oh, by the way, th- like, there's little intermittent 
parts where Jack uh, is taking pills and he ends up having, like, you end up finding out that he has a problem with his liver. Like, his his liver's, like, shot. And he's like, fine, Duncan, I'll take your fucking deal. Like, we'll, we'll hook up Friday and, and I'll sign the papers. So Friday comes and uh, Jack comes over and he's looking pale as a fucking ghost. You're kind of not sure what's happening yet, but I guess, I, I guess he's just not feeling well. When your liver's shot, you drink that much, you're not going to feel too good. Well, that too, yeah. So Duncan reads him the fucking contract and he's basically... There's a couple things here. So he he basically says that, like, if Jack dies before he gets his soul or before he's what what the fuck is it i guess what you need to know is the is the fact that like if duncan dies before jack gives him his soul he forfeits the con the contract becomes null and void that's the thing right yeah and, and then the souls become his soul doesn't go over to um duncan yeah and he has like a weird caveat in there to avoid being murdered where it's like oh if i die prior to like if it's foul play like you don't get the money back right yeah he's definitely kind of crossing all the uh you know the boxes there just to kind of make sure it's like an airtight contract Mm -hmm. because his whole game is like he's going to get his money back by being a fucking shyster you know what i mean he's just be he just has this sick game that he's kind of playing with jack because he the whole reason he makes this fucking deal or wants to make this deal with him is because he's like He's done everything, right? Like, he's done all the shittiest things you could probably think of, and he's just like, oh, you know what? Here we go. I'm gonna... Buy- you know what? I'll buy your fucking soul for a million dollars, because this is hilarious. <laughs> what is there left to do after I annihilated the black rhinoceros? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like that thing I have to imagine where it's like, even though even though these guys are chummy, like they probably were always rivals in whatever industry they uh, worked in because they kind of give off that greedy vibe that they would never actually be like truly uh, would truly have a friendship. It's more of just like, yeah, you know, they drink and they play pool together, but they are always keeping one uh, one hand behind their back with a knife grasped in it and one eye open, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, they would stab each other in the back in a second. Yeah, and Duncan has to know about uh, Jack's, um, you know, liver going. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm sure that kind of helped out his uh, little idea. Well, he keeps saying, like, oh, you want another drink? You want another drink? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably his fault. Yeah, probably. He's been facilitating his liver uh, <laughs> disease. He just gets impatient, walks up, and just punches him in the stomach. <laughs> Come on, Jack. I'm going to get that million back. There's a lot of layers here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like an onion. Yeah. And that, there's there's a lot of subtleties going on. We'll, we'll get to that, though, in our final thoughts. But, like, um, you know, uh, so so Jack leaves. He signs the fucking contract and bounces. They have they, Again, they have a fucking drink, even though his liver is shot to shit. And then we cut to like a couple days later, I guess. And fucking Duncan's out in his little sun hat, fucking planting his flowers. And Jack comes up and he's like, hey, listen, um, I went to see my doctor today and he's gave me like a month to live. So can we just like forget about this bullshit contract with this million dollars? Because like I have to sort this shit out with my lawyer or whatever. And like it would just make it easier if we just, you know just forgot the whole thing and duncan's like absolutely not he's like he's like i paid good money for that soul and he's like just fucking take it take the money back he's like fuck that he's like i'm loving this shit he's not even looking at him as he's talking to him no he's just like <laughs> planting flowers <laughs> yeah he doesn't get off his fucking knees the entire time the guy's standing there sweating his fucking balls off he's so scared this is what life's all about getting your Rolling hands up your dirty sleeves and getting, putting your hands in the dirt <laughs> he's just like he's like whatever he's like i know you're gonna die and i think that's how he's gonna get the money back like if jack dies uh 
I feel like there's something in the contract that put that transfers that million dollars back to him. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. He has this whole scheme that he come. We don't find out about it quite yet, but you find out that he was just trying to get this guy sweat so badly that he would basically pay him to take it back. Oh, right. And that's what the telegram is all about. He gets the next morning. Well, yeah. Because he's like, he gets the telegram and his assistant or his butler or whatever comes in and is like, oh, yeah, Blaine's willing to buy it back. And uh, give you the money back. So he's like, well, does that mean I'm getting $2 million? Jack really is crazy. Yeah, his butler comes in. He's like, a telegram for you, sir. Chang is dead. Stop. Shang Tsung wants your soul. Stop. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that in there. Anyway, but yeah, so so yeah, Jack is offering Duncan another million dollars in addition to the million that he gave him already for his soul. Uh, to give him that fucking, to just, you know, forget about the contract, rip it up. And Duncan basically is like, yep, my plan came to fruition perfectly. That's what I always wanted. Easiest million I ever made. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because that was the other line. That's what uh, Blaine kept saying, too. He's like, easiest million I ever made. And he's fucking licking his lips and shit. He's just, like, relishing in this because he's getting off on this. Like, he likes, uh, again, like, this is turning his crank that he's got got power over this guy, like, uh, psychologically, I guess. And financially, I guess, at the same time. Anyway. Yeah, he might as well just be, like, twirling a mustache. Well, he's got that big handlebar, dude. Yeah. (laughs) He's twirling it while he's cranking it. (laughs) On the contract. What is this splatter here, Duncan? (laughs) He's using the contract. Why is it all sticky? I don't know. Haram, don't ask questions. (laughs) Shut up. Richards, get in here. (laughs) Come jonesing for a chick parm. So that night, like, he doesn't have time to really follow through yet. He's still kind of lapping it in. And, uh... He starts to have some weird shit happen in his house. Oh, here we go. This is where the spook kicks up, yeah. I love this. Uh, This is so simple. Again, okay, hold on. Let me preface this. He gives his butler the night off. It's because it's like his night off, so... How generous. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) What a nice guy. It's Thursday, sir. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, take my night off or whatever. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Get out of here. It's already like fucking nine at night. Like... Like, you didn't even have a day off. You had a couple hours off. He's going home, having a Stouffer's, and getting in bed. <laughs> <laughs> getting a hooker. Yeah, mm-hmm, probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, th- this guy seems like a Scrooge-type character, so I don't think he can afford a hooker. Watching Jeopardy, eating the Stouffer's. I'm rewarding your years of service with getting off the clock 15 minutes early. Yeah, there you go. He fucking stole a bottle of the good <laughs> shit from the old man, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to have this drink tonight. Like Millhouse's dad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So this is such a simple gag, but I love it. Like the the wind's blowing through the through the window, and he's like, "Oh God damn it, Jeffrey!" He's like, "You left the fucking windows open," and he goes over, and it's closed. So it wasn't even open to begin with, and it was like all the fucking curtains were blowing all over the place, and he's like, "Huh, that's weird." Now, right there. Now he's a stubborn old fuck, but right there is where I'd be like, okay, something is really wrong, <laughs> you know? Right. It also, the way it blows all these papers off his desk, like the contract lands on the on the top, and he's like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this is somehow connected. I, I do like a lot, and this will continue as we continue talking about this, uh, how, again, it kind of flips, it flip-flops back and forth. You're not really sure who is the protagonist, the antagonist, because they're both... They're rich old assholes, so it's like, at the end of the day, they they both suck, but it's like, okay, who is the actual victim here? They kind of shift fully to Duncan by this point. Right, but it 
it might change again. Um. So yeah, the phone the phone's out. The lights go out. There's a bunch of glass breaking in downstairs and shit. Uh. And then Duncan gets a phone call and he's like, oh, "What the fuck?" He's like, "This phone wasn't working a second ago." And uh, he's like, who is this? And she's like, oh, it's me, Jenny. I'm Jack's housekeeper or whatever. And he died this morning. And he's like, what? What do you mean he died? He's like, he's fucking dead. Sorry. His liver was fucked. (laughs) His whole body was ridden with cancer. He's gone. It is kind of hilarious to me, though, while this woman's pouring out her heart. He's like, that son of a bitch cheated me out of my money. Oh, that's so great, because she's like, oh, the night's full of demons, sir. Oh, he's, oh, it's such a horrible day. I don't know. Didn't have time to make arrangements or whatever. He's getting cremated at three o'clock, and he's like, that son of a bitch took my fucking million dollars. <laughs> that fuck, he checked out early. <laughs> Sinatra, that fuck. He gave me the huckle fuck. <laughs> Sinatra, that fuck, he checked out early. <laughs> Owed me 20 thou. <laughs> he had nothing to do with the hucklebuck. <laughs> Jerky boys, everybody, go listen to it. It's fucking hilarious. I was wondering. Oh, was my goodness. Uh, that's one of the, That's a great bit. Go check that out. The fucking Frank Sinatra and the hucklebuck with Johnny Brennan. Anyway. <laughs> so then Duncan starts hearing this commotion downstairs, and uh, he loses connection with the phone, and he's he thinks oh there's people in the house call nine one one Jenny this prowler's in the house get get the cops over here and then he's like oh Jenny Jenny oh this phone doesn't work so then he like kind of like scampers over to his door and tries to put his ear to it to listen maybe it is Frank Sinatra downstairs breaking all his shit throwing all his shit around yeah old blue eyes had a little too much to drink again he sure well that was Dino Dino's the fucking heavy drinker <laughs> and uh, and this whole part here you know again bridging the gap between Tales from the Dark Side and Creep Show. You know, with John Harrison as well, this whole segment here definitely has the same vibes as like the Leslie Nielsen segment in Creepshow. Yes, very. So Duncan goes downstairs and he thinks somebody, you know, there's a prowler in the house and he, so he has a gun and stuff. And um, Jack fucking knocks on his door and he's a fucking zombie and he's like falling apart he's yeah he's got he's you know he's got fucking skin flaps hanging off his face and shit and he's got this little platter with um a birthday cake yes he he got his cake his happy father's day cake (laughs) excuse me it's like the same shot yeah and then he went ebenezer (laughs) yeah he's got chains around it no he doesn't have chains but he might as well be fucking jacob marley yeah cake chains and a soul in a jar On a golden plate, by the way. I think that was supposed to be, like, the golden plate he was throwing the cash on during the fucking pool game. It might be, but, like, it's his soul in a a glass cylinder with a little lock on it. And it's cool the way they did this, because it's just a fucking light inside with some dry ice, but it looks great. And it's green. Yeah, it's supposed to be, like, his soul in the jar, and he's basically just like, Duncan, take my soul before he gets it. And Duncan's like, you're a fucking zombie. Get out of my house. (laughs) Yeah, start shooting him. Get out of here, you zombie. Get- <laughs> you rat bastard, you died before it was over. <laughs> you, you got my money. The, dude, there's a part in this. So, so, yeah, so, you know, he goes upstairs and fucking Jack follows him again. He's like, take my soul, take my soul. And Duncan or Keenan Wynn's acting here is so fucking good because he starts like crying because he's so scared. Yeah. And he's like, just get out, get out of here. And it's just, I don't know. I thought that was such a, it was like really great acting. Anyway, but this is also where it kind of flips again, because now it's like the whole time it's like, wait a second, this guy bought the soul, but now 
the zombies like take the soul before he gets the soul and it, you know i'm assuming it's the devil or something is what the guy's referring to and it's kind of just like crazy how it's just constantly flipping and flipping and flipping i just really like that about this episode totally and that's the other part of the contract so he, so when he says that when jack dies he has to he gets possession of jack's soul duncan gets possession of his soul what what Jack is trying to do is give him the soul so that he has possession of it. Because he's like, oh, it's possessions nine-tenths of the law or whatever. <laughs> That's exactly what he says. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's realizing he's going to hell unless uh, Duncan takes his soul. <laughs> I'd rather have this smelly old man have my soul than the fucking switch himself. Uh, speaking of, well, first... Duncan, uh, he loses it. He can't take it anymore, and his heart gives out. Oh, man, this motherfucker has a heart attack and and, and dies. <laughs> and this now, this is the first iteration of, or no, it's the second iteration of the devil we get in Tales from the Dark Side. I absolutely fucking love this rendition of the devil because he's like this, like, suave gothic fucking debonair dude that like smells like this rose and shit and he's got this crazy effect on his voice um that makes it like echo almost like uh, if y'all ever seen the powerpuff girls that's exactly what i was thinking of him and and him which who is the devil in that series but it has the same kind of uh echo on it it's creepy as fuck man it's very like disturbing and didn't him like uh roses also he may have so I wonder, I mean, I have no evidence of this. I didn't research this at all. I wonder if he was based on uh, this this iteration at all. He could be. Let's go with yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> it's canon. <laughs> In the MDU, at least. Maybe not other, outside of the MDU, but I'll take it. But it's really cool. And it's just, I don't know. There's just something about it that's super creepy. And and again, it's like made for TV, but it's still, it's still super effective. Anyway, first he takes Duncan's soul. <laughs> He fucking finishes him <laughs> and, uh, like, puts his hands on his chest and sucks it out. Him wins. Fatality. I love what the devil's talking about here because, like, it, every throughout the whole sh uh, episode, it's been all, all this legality shit uh, with the contract and who owns what and how to get the money back and who forfeits the money and all that kind of shit. And the devil's like, yeah, I'm a something of a businessman myself. And he's, and he's like... Oh, uh, you know, Duncan must have known I had liens on this fucking property. And he's like, his debts are uh, too numerous to count. And I came to collect. And so he takes his fucking soul. And then he looks at Jack. And Jack's like, oh, fuck. And he goes and he <laughs> it's like, well, it says here, right in this contract. <laughs> this was cool, too. Like, it's just flash paper, but it's cool the way, like. Oh, yeah, it, this effect. Yeah, it like, burns it. And it, like, just, you know, disappears into the atmosphere, which is cool. And he's like, possession is nine-tenths the law. Or so you said. <laughs> according to you mr jack and he fucking takes jack's soul and just fucking bounces yeah he burned freddy's back into his chest and then jack just fades. <laughs> he's eternity in fucking hell i'm gonna be tortured forever for murdering my business partner oh no him and duncan are gonna be forced to fucking fuck each other and stab each other in the eyes for the rest of eternity isn't christianity great yeah it's pretty sweet so uh so yeah it ends with the fucking devil like straight up like freddying this motherfucker because he like burns his chest yeah and this happens like out of nowhere yeah he like lights duncan's chest on fire and then, and then it like goes out and then you see keenan win all fucking dead and it says paid in full 
hole like burned into his chest. So yeah, paid in full, and uh, and that's the end of Duncan and 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 Jack's story. Two miserable pieces of shit fucking getting their comeuppance. <laughs> I wonder what uh the the butler guy's gonna say when he comes <laughs> up and sees that imprinted in the guy's chest. Start cleaning out the safe, you think? That's his house now. Oh yeah, yeah, he's hiding the body. I'm the captain now. I if I was that guy, I would fucking clean that fucking house out, and then I'd go get the authorities. <laughs> You think I don't? You think Duncan left anything for poor fucking Jeffrey in his will? I doubt it. He probably doesn't even have any uh, next to kin, so they probably would never even come looking for the body. No, fuck him. He doesn't have a wife or anything. He's probably like one of those like, uh, you know, old miserable fucking loners. But yeah, so so uh, so what did we all think of this episode? Um, I wasn't a fan of this one. Okay, I thought it was a little bland, and it's just lots of like. It's just basically a long, I wouldn't call it long, but it's an extended game of tit for tat. And the premise is interesting, but like the way it's just done in this episode, I didn't find it terribly thrilling. Um, These two men, when they're just fucking prattling each other, are hilarious. So it's got some entertainment value to it. But like as far as any like investment in it, I just didn't just didn't click with me. I I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was pretty cool. I I kind of feel very differently about this, Connor. I thought it was actually pretty complex. And uh, I liked, you know, I mentioned this in the actual earlier part of the episode but uh, i liked how the the protagonist antagonist angle was constantly switching back and forth i mean at the end of the day they're both shitheads that you don't really want to root for uh but the constant twists and turns kind of kept it interesting for me and uh, it ended on a really weird note and that's kind of been the theme on this show so far so i guess i'm not that surprised uh, but having the devil come in with a fucking rose and a, and basically telling a zombie to hand over its soul in a jar, <laughs> I, that 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 was pretty interesting. So, yeah, I liked it. So, um, yeah, for me, it's like as an episode, like I know it. So I think it's a good episode, but personally, I don't like it. And I think it's just because of the characters. And it's like, yeah, they're supposed to be unlikable, you know, just uh, swarmy old men. But uh, so I think that's why I'm not crazy about it. But the ending. That twist at the end totally uh, is is so solid, and uh, the the music is uh, as well too is uh, just really good, and uh, so it's a solid episode. I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, I wouldn't say this is one of my favorites, but I do enjoy this episode a lot. I really love Keenan Wynn in this. I think I just I think I just have a soft spot for him because I, I just love the guy, and whenever he's on screen, I I don't know. There's something about uh, his presence that I I just love. Um, I love the idea that we have two fucking, you know, rich assholes that literally have nothing better to do than spend money doing frivolous bullshit. Um, he even like, oh, I'm going to buy your soul for a million dollars. And it's like the catharsis of that is that you're going to fucking hell because <laughs> yeah, and by the end, it's like. You don't even really feel bad for him? No, exactly. You're kind of like, all right, devil. I see what you did. That's cool. Good. Even with old Jack, like, all sad in the corner. (laughs) Well, the thing with with Jack is I feel like a lot of characters like that that you see in... um, in stories like this where he's where he's just about to die and he realizes that he's done all this fucked up horrible shit his whole life and it tries to atone for it in a day and it doesn't work it's it's Ebenezer Scrooge after the third visit exactly you know when the fucking when the demon comes a calling and then you're then you're going to be like oh i'm sorry you know 
But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love uh, the iteration of the devil in this. I, I, I'm just, I'm just really into it. Like he's some kind of fucking suave ballroom dancer with like this crazy echoey voice. Uh, you know, this kind of seductive, suave, gothic motherfucker. He's got like a pale face and like black lipstick and shit. I don't know. I'm, I, I just really like it. There's something about it that I really like. And it's like, it's so original. You can't yes. help but kind of just be like captivated by it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, not not one of my favorites, but definitely a good time for sure. Um, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like one of those classic stories kind of uh, uh, slipped in there, where you know, as Connor said, it's it's kind of bland in terms of you know, there's no monsters really, or or, or super uber weird shit. Um, but it's classic in terms of like, I guess, kind of like Chris said, like that kind of Ebenezer Scrooge type deal, sort of. And again, it's another thing of like old curmudgeon motherfuckers get their comeuppance like we've already seen. So, you know, we're only three episodes in and we had a similar episode to the first episode. Not the same, but similar kind of, you know. Although, to be fair, that was the pilot. So does that even count? I would say it counts. Technically, it's the first episode, Trick or Treat. Yeah. Well, let's call that episode zero. Yeah. I mean, it is episode zero. Yeah. Setting the uh, setting the course for what's to come. I'm just saying because sometimes, you know, the pilot could be episode one, but in this context when it's an anthology, it's like I wonder if they would be like, ah, even though we did that in the pilot, it was the pilot, so who gives a shit? Well, yeah, you know, true. You know where that answer lies? In that first episode, so if, if, if nobody's heard it yet, you should go back and listen to that one first. Trick or treat. Talks from the Dark Side, brought to you by Movie Dumpster. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that that has been, uh, uh, I'll give you a million. And until next time. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. And I'm Chris Barr. The dark side is always there, waiting for us to enter. Waiting to enter us. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight. <laughs>